Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Today, we're going into our last week of our 31-day prayer and fast. And uh, we want to uh, set some still more uh, I guess what we call laser beam things on what we're going to pray for this week. And remember that we end with praise on Friday night. This coming Friday night at 7.30, uh, we'll, we'll be here uh, praising God for what he has done. Uh, because whether you know it or not, uh, when we pray, uh, we believe that we receive if we have prayed according to his will. And so, therefore, uh, we can praise him, even though you might not see all the results of what you've been praying for. A lot of time, it is on the way. It's on the way. So we have talked about, when we first started, uh, the, the power that's in continuous prayer. We talked about that. And then the second message, we talked about um, basically the power of agreement in prayer, that there is power in agreement and unity. And then last week, we talked about striving in prayer, and that we're striving, and the Greek was striving together. Uh, so that means that we are together like a team uh, striving together. That's when, when Paul was asking uh, the church to pray with him uh, because he wanted to make sure the donation went to the Christ, uh, Christian church at Jerusalem, uh, went to the Jews uh, uh, and got there and was, was accepted and that he didn't get killed uh, in the meantime. So he wanted them to work together with him. Today, we want to talk about another type of prayer, another phase of prayer, and that prayer is called travailing in birth. Travailing in birth. The King James would say travailing, and uh, New American Standard would say uh, something like laboring. Uh, but he said, again, so we're tra- travailing in birth again. And so let's open our Bibles to, to, to uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Let's look there and let's see what God has to say uh, to us in this area. Prayer is very important. And since it's a 31 day of prayer and fasting, we want to stay on that subject of, of prayer. In verse 19, my children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Now, he's applying this, of course, spiritually, because he can't be in labor for childbirth. So we're talking about in a spiritual sense, he's laboring. Now, we know that he labored at first, for their salvation. That's what he did at first, for their salvation. He was laboring. And, and, and when, when you are birthing uh, uh, through prayer uh, the souls of a church, then that's a, a type of laboring in the spirit realm that he's talking about. But he's saying here that he wants to do this again. Again. Now, why would he have to do this again? Well, the, the church, the Galatian church, uh, they were exposed to 
the teaching of the Judaizers, they, they wanted to uh, put them under the law and take them from grace. When they, when they came into the kingdom, they came in through faith. That's how they, how they came in. And, and the Judaizers, they were trying to get them to say, look, you need to not only uh, uh, do this, but you have to keep the law. You're going to have to do this thing right here. And so uh, Paul is admonishing them, look, if you start in, in, in faith, how, in the spirit, how in the world are you going to go back to the law? You know, you, you're not going to go back there. And so that's the backdrop of, of why he's saying what he's saying is that they needed to mature. They needed to grow up. They needed to uh, gain the wisdom and the knowledge of what they have through Christ and not be swayed to and fro by just what people would say. So he says, my children with whom I am again in labor until Christ be formed in you. That tells me something. That tells me that it is possible for me to be born again, but I'm not living the transformed life of Christ. Now, I have all that it takes. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Word of God. I have the, the angels, guarding angels. I have messenger angels. I have warring angels. I have the body of Christ. I have everything at my uh, uh, service here, but I am not taking advantage of any of it. I'm still living my life by what somebody else may say or what somebody else may do, and I'm tossed to and fro, and he's saying here, no, no, you're going to have to have Christ formed in you. So I said, okay, this is very serious. Because now we know we're not um, subject to people who are trying to tell us to go back to the law and things like that. But we are sometimes swayed by different things. And we are sometimes um, hindered in our growth by, by whatever. By whatever. And when we live in a world, this world is not uh, meant to be conducive to grow us up in the stature of Jesus Christ. It's just not. Because the prince of this world is going to see to it that it's not. So everything we do is like swimming upstream, rowing upstream. It's got, we're going to have to fight against the current of the world system in order to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to have to do. So how are we going to do this? Is this just one verse telling us this? What is he, what is he asking us to do uh, today? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, we'll start there. This is a classic scripture that we've read many times for different reasons. It says, He gave some as apostles and some as prophets 
and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, these were gifts to the church because in verse 7, it says, but to each one of us, the grace is given to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so uh, then it says, and he gave some. So he gave these gifts to the church. Now, why did he give these gifts? It's very important for us to know, why do you have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Why do you have them? It's important for us to know that. It says in verse 12, for the completion, for the making ready, for the perfection, or for the equipping of the saints for works of service. It says now, not only that, but then it says, to the building up of the body of Christ. So we are to build up the body of Christ when we are in our gifts, when we are operating in what God has given us to do, it means that the body of Christ will be built up. That's what it means. In other words, that if, if some people are moving in, in the gifts of exhortation, some in mercy, some in giving, some in uh, teaching, some all sorts of gifts that we all have. Is that true? These gifts are meant for us to to glorify God. In other words, we're supposed to be out doing something with our gifts and people are supposed to, with the body of Christ working together, we're supposed to be adding to our number, which is adding to the body of Christ. Salvations are supposed to be coming. People are supposed to be maturing because of gifts. People have prophetic gifts. They have teaching gifts. They have uh, exhortation gifts. They have all sorts of gifts that's going to help the body of Christ be built up. And another word for building up is edification, edifying the body. Let's keep going. Until we all attain. Let's break this verse down a little bit. Until we all attain. Now, it's telling me in this verse that these gift ministers are going to equip, going to perfect, going to complete the saints for works of service to the building up of self of the body of Christ until, in other words, we're going somewhere with this thing. He's doing something. These gift ministers are doing something. The body of Christ working together, we're doing something. We're doing something. We're building each other up until we all, and that all, in, in Greek means every last one that it is speaking to here, and that means that all the saints, until all the saints attain, and attain in Greek means to come to, in some verses will say come to, come to, attain. So there is something that we are supposed to be moving towards. We are not supposed to be stagnant. We are not. We're supposed to be moving towards something and says until we all move towards what? Come to what? 
come to the unity. That unity is oneness. Come to oneness of the faith. And the faith is not just faith, believe in God. This faith is, we're talking about the gospel faith. We're talking about that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the one who was born of a virgin. He's the one who lived a sinless life. He's the one who uh, was crucified. He's the one who's, who died and rose again for our justification. There's no other name. There's name in, in heaven or earth. No other name that can be named in Jesus Christ. No other name can anybody be saved other than Jesus Christ, is it? We're talking about the faith. We're supposed to come to oneness of the faith. That's what we're supposed to be coming towards, going towards. And, not only that now, and of the knowledge, the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is an interactive word. That knowledge is a uh, word where you're working together with the one who the knowledge is speaking of. So it means that we are working together in a relationship with the Son of God. We have a relationship. It's not just knowing. It's plenty of people who knew. uh, uh, The Judaizers, they knew what the Word of God says, but they just didn't know God. Plenty of people who know what, what the Word says, but they don't know God. And they don't have that intimate relationship with God. They've, they've, been, they've been in classes. They've been sitting in church. They, they know something. I've seen many people who know something. They can tell you some scripture, but they just don't have a relationship with the one who they have knowledge of. We're supposed to have that relationship with the Son of God. Two, it says, a mature man. A mature man. Now, a mature man, uh, King James may say a perfect man. And that perfect in Greek is teleos. And in, in some cases, like a vessel, it means that uh, if, if a, a potter makes a vessel, and when he completes that vessel, that vessel is teleos. It's complete. It's, it, in other words, when it is, it's used for what it was made for, it's teleos. It's perfect. When it's talking about people, it's speaking of something different. And, and when it's talking about people, when it's talking about perfection, it's talking about they have a mature mind, understanding, knowledge of God. A perfect, it says, man. So you, you're perfect in your, in your mind, of your knowledge, your understanding. And really, you can speak of as Christian faith and virtue. It says, to the measure of the stature. Measure is just what it says, measure. Of the stature, stature is the size, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ is, is the 
the fullness of Christ is like now we're going from uh, just one person, two people. We are all being built up into the fullness of Christ like one full man. We have knowledge and we have, we have um, what we call love. You remember that word? Agape? If, if we, we, we can't come into the fullness of Jesus Christ without coming into the fullness of love. Impossible. Because God is, come on for me, love. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's what God is after with his fivefold or fourfold gifts here is that we're supposed to be going somewhere as a body, as a body. As a unit, oneness, oneness. When I'm moving on this little platform, I'm moving together. My arms not going this way, my feet going this way, my head going this way. We're moving together. Everybody's body has to move together. The body of Christ has to move together in oneness. That's what unity is, oneness. And we're supposed to be built up as in, in the stature of Jesus Christ like one strong, big person moving together in Christ. Every single part doing this function. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And that, that's exciting because it takes everybody to do that. Let, let's keep going. As a result, what happens when we are all are moving this way, when we all have that that love that he's talking about, when we all have that knowledge that, that he's talking about, when we all have that oneness that we are talking about, what's the result of that? Verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children. No longer. Now, why would you say children when we're talking about the body of Christ? Now, we're sure we have children who are born again. Uh, Normally, he's talking about the adults here. So why is he mentioning children? Because you remember Paul says, I travail again until Christ be formed in you. That means that we can be 21, 101, and still be like a child in our understanding, in our love, can we not? And it says that he doesn't want that. He's given us the fivefold ministry to help us to move into that fullness. And we have to realize that it has to be one full man. And when, once we start, once we attain that, it says that we will no longer be children. How are children? It says, and thereby, well, what happened with, with children? No longer children tossed here and there by waves. That, that's, that's one of the uh, examples of what happened when, when people are immature in their oneness, in their attaining to the fullness of Jesus Christ, is that they're tossed to and fro by waves. I don't want to be tossed to and fro by waves. 
when I first came into Christianity, I didn't know anything, so I didn't know who to believe. Because you have one person said this, you have one book said this, you have one camp says this, another camp says the opposite thing. What do you believe? And you can easily be tossed by waves. And you know how waves toss people. You know? Well, we know how waves toss ships, don't we? If there's a strong enough wind, you get seasick. You will. If the boat's small enough, rock, you get seasick. I don't want to be tossed to and fro by waves. I want to be, I want to be studded, just like a, a rock. You know, I want to be like an anchor. That's how I want to be. And so I had to learn, okay, what is it about this camp? What is it about this camp? They're all using the Word of God. Now, what does the Word of God really say? So I had to start becoming a student of the Word because I couldn't believe what somebody would tell me what it said. I wanted to study. You, You know what I'm talking about if you watch the debates on TV, you know, Republican, Democratic debate. You don't know what's true, do you? All I'm saying, well, oh, yes, you did that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> My goodness gracious. So what I want to do is God, show me. So I, I need the Holy Spirit to show me. Because I read in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is my teacher. That's what I heard. So I said, well, man. If he's my teacher, Holy Spirit, teach me. I want to learn. So I made it, made it a, 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 a thing for, with me is to not read any other book except the Bible. That's what I read. And, and that was not wise all the time, of course. Um, and I've learned more different since then. But that's all I read is the Bible because I want to know. And I will pray. And ask for wisdom. Ask for understanding. I'll pray because I want to know the Word of God. Because I don't want somebody telling me something and then I'm tossed. Then somebody else telling me something and I'm tossed back the other way. I don't want that. Then it says, and carried about by every wind. Now, a wind can carry you. It didn't say it just rocked you like a wave. It said it carried you. I don't want to be carried by every wind because the wind blows north, east sometimes, it blows from the west. Man, the winds, are, it blows a lot, different, different ways, you know, depending on. Uh, I don't want to be blown by the wind. And it says, by every wind of doctrine, of teaching. And there are many teachings and doctrines, and I had to learn how do I distinguish between this teaching and that teaching, between this person and that person. So the Holy Spirit was showing me how to do that because some people, I mean, they had a good, um, they were like, like Apollos, they were eloquent, and they would say nice things, and they have all this stuff going on, and, and they're ministering things like that, and he showed me, how do you tell people who are not quite right? And you match them to the Word of God. 
That's what you imagine to the word of God. And, and so <laughs> I saw this is somebody they said, well, man, this person, man, they, but they have some revelation. Oh, they have revelation. Look, they, they do this and they do that right here. They, uh, the Holy Spirit shows them. He shows them that. And this, this signs and this is happening in their ministry. And I said, well, give me something to listen to. Let me listen to them. And I started listening to them. If you listen to a person enough, pretty soon, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to what? Speak. Out of the abundance of the heart. And one particular person they were telling about that they were so uh, good, they would run down other ministries. Well, you know, uh, this ministry is not like these other ministries. These other ministers do this. This ministers is this right here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, that's not God. God doesn't run down other ministries. So I cut that off. Don't want to hear them no more. Because it's not right. So if he's not right, I don't want to be listening. I don't want to be cared about by every wind of doctrine running here, running there. Oh, Jesus is over here. So I'm going to run over here. Oh, the Spirit is over here. I'm running over there. No, I'm not running nowhere. Because my Bible tells me the Spirit, the unction is within us. That's what he tells us. The unction is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is in us. So that means that wherever you go, the Spirit of God is supposed to be there. That's what it's supposed to be. And if he's not there... You're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. Because if you're born again, the Spirit of God is within you. So I'm just trying to help us here. Because I, as I see this, I say, God, help me to be able to um, help the congregation see that we are all needing each other. We are all needing to grow up into the, into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. We need to all be moving as one full man. Then it says, by the trickery of men. So we can get off also if we are children in our understanding, in our knowledge, in our emotions. Let me add emotions to it now because... We can get off in our emotions too. Because we get, we're emotional about some things. And if somebody touched those things as dear to your emotions, see, sometimes you, the waves start going this way. You get carried off by wind this way. Our emotions, we have to have our emotions under the control of the Holy Spirit. We don't move by our emotions. We move by the word of God, by the spirit of God, and not by what our emotions tell us. Because our emotions will tell us anything, depending on what it feels. It says, by the craftiness in deceitful scheming. He said, nobody in the body of Christ will be uh, deceitfully scheming. No, but you have to be aware of false teachers. You have to be aware of false Christians. You have to be aware of somebody who, who are in your love feast, but they are not 
there are spots. You know what the word says. So we have to be aware of these things. Otherwise, you're naive. You're just thinking that everybody's okay. He's okay. I'm okay. Everybody's okay. You know, no, everybody's not okay. And matter of fact, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get okay. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. And I need you to help me get okay. Because I can't see my uh, faults like you can see them. I don't know why. Uh, but my mirror just won't show it. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. It says, but. So we know the, the negative things, but then it starts with the positive thing. So as a result of this, as a result of uh, becoming in the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, what will we do? Instead of being tossed by waves, instead of being carried by the winds and, and uh, of every doctrine and the trickery of men and crafting the deceitfulness of scheming, but it says, speaking the truth in love. And that's the copy again. Speaking the truth in love. And some people uh, speak the truth sometimes, and it's not in love. We have to speak the truth in love because we have to be concerned about the other person. Is that correct? Don't just say things because we know the tongue is an is a unruly uh, member of our body. It's small, but it turns the whole body, and it's set on fire by hell. So we know we can't just say anything we want to say, any kind of way we want to say it. We have to be concerned about loving people. It says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. There's a word, grow up again. We're not there yet. Grow up in all aspects, not just some aspects, but all aspects into him. Who is the head? Who is the head? Even Christ. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together. See, it's talking about the whole body again. We're not talking about individual parts. We've got to turn loose of this uh, I, me, and my. And we, it's got to be a us in this thing. It's got to be a, a we in this thing. The whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. You need me. I need you. We need each other. We need all the body working together, it says, according to the prop, proper working of each individual part. So each individual part, I'm supposed to be working properly. You're supposed to be working properly. Everybody's supposed to be working properly. And that will cause growth of the body for the building of, up of itself in love. So we're back right to the beginning. We're supposed to grow up in him. And that's what God says. Now, I would be naive if I would think that this is going to happen uh, through what people say, osmosis. This, this is going to happen. All we have to do is just uh, stay in Christianity long enough and it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen just because you stay in Christianity. It's not going to happen. Okay. But I have found out what will 
cause it to happen. I said, whoa, this is cool. Let's turn to Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, um, chapter 22. Let's go there. Verse All of you know this scripture, I'm sure. Uh, this is Jesus talking. And he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Now, if, if you break this down to what, what he's talking about, when he says that this first you here is plural. This, this you is plural. In other words, if Jesus was talking to me, he said, Willie, Willie, Satan wished to sift you like wheat. So that means he's talking to who? Not only me, he's talking to all of us. All of us. See, he had more than just Simon there. He had others there too. And if you know the scripture, you know that Peter was not the only one who denied Christ. He's not the only one who fell, is it? Who stayed with him? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. All of them left, didn't they? But he was talking, so he was talking to all of them. So he's talking to all of us. Then he says, but I have prayed for you. Now, every you from now on in these verses will be singular. So, Willie, Willie, Satan wished to sift you, the whole body of us in here, just like wheat. But will I have prayed for you? He could have said that way. Now you know a single. I pray for you. And he says that that your faith may not fail and you, singular you, when once you, singular, have turned again or, re- or returned again, strengthen your brother, brothers. But he said to him, Lord, With you, I am ready to go both to prison and to death. This this is nice. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will crow, will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you know me. Now, this particular scripture tells me that Peter was serious. He really didn't intend on denying the Lord. He, he knew that in his heart, I will go to prison with you. I'll go to death with you. Just like we will say, man, I'm mature. I'm a, a mature Christian. I've been in Christianity 40 years. I'm a mature Christian. Okay. Right. Have, have you seen... People who've been in Christianity uh, 
a long time, long time, but still, still doing childish things. I have. I've done it myself. And even though I didn't think I was immature, if you'd asked me, I'd say, I'm mature. You know? But after you start gaining more and more knowledge, you say, oh, my goodness. If somebody points out to you, hey, why would you do that when you know that's not the word of God? You know that's not right. You know you wouldn't want anybody to do you like that. You notice the scripture says that, you know, doing to others as you will have them doing to you. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? All of us have said things to people that we shouldn't have said in ways that we shouldn't have said it. Haven't we? Yeah. So we're not going to jump on Peter because we know that Peter, he, he he really wanted to do this thing. And Jesus still is interceding on our behalf, isn't he? He still is. So it says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, we don't have to turn there, but uh, he's our high priest, and he ever lives to intercede for us, doesn't he? Ever lives to intercede for us. He's still interceding for us, isn't he? Let's turn there just to, just to um, so you, you'll see it, because I, li- I like for people to see the scripture. Uh, I can quote it, but I want you to like to see it. 725, Hebrews 725. It's talking about uh, the high priest, the priesthood who... Uh, of men, they, they, they had to always keep changing because they, they, of course, were human and they died out, but not Jesus Christ. Like I said in verse 24, but Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, verse 25 says, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to him or draw near to God through him since he always lived to make intercession for them. Now, if he make intercession, he made intercession for Peter, do you think he's going to make intercession for us? Yes, indeed. He's, he's, going, he's going to say that I'm ever making intercession for you. Do you know that Satan wishes to sift you like wheat? How is wheat sifted? Maybe I should use another example. Satan wants to sift you like flour. Because we know if we, uh, I don't even know whether we use that now, because you can buy this 4X flour that's already sifted. Well, we used to have these sifters. As you pour the flour in, you sift it, and it gets all the lumps out. Now they don't have that. But we, we still have the sifter. We don't use it. We buy the fine flour, you know. Uh, it's already sifted. Uh, but do, do you realize that we need to sift some things, right? Satan, Satan says, Satan, <laughs> Satan wishes to sift us, the body of Christ, just like flour. That's what he wants to do, sift us. But God is praying for us. He's praying for us. And I said, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, my intercessor, because I think I'm okay. I think... I'm out of the woods. I think that everything is going hunky-dory. But I see I don't know in the spirit realm 
all the stuff that he's already trying to uh, set in motion so that I'll trip and fall as time go on because I'm going to fall into this trap. See, he's, 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 he's very deceitful. He's cunning. He'll wait. He'll set little traps for us. And we can't fall in these traps. The only way we're going to not fall into it, we need a spiritual guide. We need the Holy Spirit. We need prayer. And so when the scripture, the title of the message is uh, travailing in prayer again, we need to be travailing. That's the laser point for this week. We're going to travail for the body of Christ because, until Christ be formed in us because we need to be in oneness building ourselves up, walking as one full man with the character of Christ. That's what we need to be walking in. We need to be looking out for one another. We need to be praying for one another. We need to love one another because we know that we're not going to be mature unless we are mature in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in love. We're not, and so love is not selfish. And I know and you know that all of us are way too selfish. Well, I'll speak for myself. You know and I know that I am way too selfish. That sounds better. That sounds better. I know that sounds better. Okay. Okay. I am too selfish. I think of myself. But I don't think I'm the only one. <laughs> so we have to grow up in love because we have to be concerned for one another. What's, what's, what's good for Christ? What's, what's best to glorify him? You see? That's what I want to do. How can we best glorify Christ? Let's end up in, in Genesis. Um, because not only are we going to pray for one another this week for the, until we all attain to the fullness of the statue of Jesus Christ, um, Genesis 32, we want to also pray for ourselves. In Genesis 32, this is a travailing also. I think we need to realize that we are not all that. Uh, do you understand English? Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're not the, the hardest thing since I, there was the iPads, iPods. We're not, we're not, what do you call it? <laughs> oh. So, I need to know God, there are some errors in me that really need some attention. God, you're going to have to do this thing if it's going to be done at all. And this is, of course, uh, we're in Genesis 32, uh, chapter, uh, chapter uh, 32, verse 3. Now, this is about Jacob, and we know the story about Jacob. Uh, we know that Jacob, his name, when he came out, he was, had a heel of his brother. He's a supplanter. A trickster. And uh, he tricked his father, didn't he? Into uh, giving him the birthright. He turned around and got tricked by Laban. You know, so his life was, was in tricksters. And that's all he was doing. Tricking, tricking. He was being tricked and tricking. You know, that's what he was doing. 
Trick or treat coming up. Okay, good. Okay, so, but I think he knew that. I think he was, he was faced with a serious situation because he knew that the person he last tricked that, was, that he was going, that he's already, he just left Laban. Laban was coming after him because his household gods were stolen. Laban didn't want to let him go anyway. And so uh, they made peace with each other. And now he has one more person to deal with, his brother, Esau, who he tricked. He's afraid for his life because Esau is a mean dude. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't like Jacob. He 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 was gonna kill him if he wouldn't run. But here he's faced with him. So he says, "I know what I'm gonna do. I'm 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 gonna send him some gifts ahead." So he divides uh, a lot of his herd up and into droves and tell his servants that to and separate them and say, "Hey, this is from your servant uh, uh, Jacob." and and all like that. He's, he's coming behind. He sends his two wives and children over across the uh, stream. Then he stays in verse 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Um, now, when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob, or trickster, supplanter. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, or trickster, or supplanter, but Israel. Meaning he, stir, he, he, he strives with God in prevailing prayer. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. I say that we, we need to um, realize that we have some areas that need to be dealt with. And if we're going to grow up in the full stature where each individual part is doing its work, then I need to grow up. You need to grow up. We all need to grow up. We're going to pray for one another that we all attain to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. But I also need to pray for myself. I need to grab hold of the one who's in a scene for me is Jesus. You need to deal with this area in my life. Some people, or most of us, know areas in our lives that need to be dealt with when others don't know. See, we can pray for one another, and we're going to pray the Word of God because that's what we should be praying for one another, the Word of God. But we're not going to pray, oh, God, help Virgil, you know, he's so sad, you know. We're not going to pray prayers like that. <laughs> If you just do what I think he should be doing, he'll be all right. No, what kind of prayer is that? My goodness gracious, you know. We need to be praying for, really, uh, ourselves because God, pitiful, 
is me. I, I am selfish. I, I've, I have this weakness right here, God. Some of us have areas in our life that God, only God can deal with. Only God can deal with. If you leave it alone, you will, you will take that to your grave. Because God has already given us the mandate that we need to grow up in the stature of Jesus Christ. So we need to really start praying for ourselves. Take responsibility uh, because I do know some areas in, in, in my life that, that, that need some help. And just in case you don't know the areas in your life that need some help, uh, get somebody that's very, very close to you. Very, very close. Like uh, uh, your, your children or your... Uh, don't threaten them, though. You know, <laughs> Don't threaten them first. Or your mate or your sister or your brother. Get somebody very close to you. And, and tell them, I give you permission to tell me uh, some areas I need to uh, uh, pray about changing. And then take that. Don't, don't take that and say, well, that's not true. I'm not like that. Yes, you are like that. You know? Yes, you are. You just don't see yourself like that. And take that to God and say, God, help me. Help me overcome this area of my life. And that way, then... I'm wrestling in that, that, that thing that I need to grow up in, but we're also helping each other by praying for each other too. It's just a two-way thing. Pray for yourself and pray for each other. And I think that, that as we do that, we will help each other because we cannot assume that just because a person is sitting in the congregation today, they'll be sitting here next year. You can't assume that. You say, oh, I know they're, they're just as stable. They're just like a rock. It's, now, Satan is setting trap. He is, he is on the move. He is whispering in people's ears. He is not, not, he is not anybody who, who, who can be just trifled with. We need Jesus Christ. That's what we need. And he said, don't take this thing for granted. We're one. So we need to be praying for one another. We really do. That's Dan. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.